Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Sherry, and you are listening to From the Dark Side Podcast. Today we're going back to 2001 for this one. A woman who works as a supervisor at the Honda plant in Marysville, Ohio, clocks out from her nighttime job and was never seen again. My sources are listed in the description area, and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This is Episode 70, The Disappearance of Patty Atkins. 2001 was one of the worst years in American history. We can't talk about 2001 without mentioning the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Some other things going on in the world, Shrek and Monsters, Inc. were released in theaters. The price of a PlayStation 2 was $299. The first creepypasta story was Ted the Caver, and it debuted on the Angel Fire website. Rudy Giuliani was Time Magazine's Person of the Year. In weird news, a 10-year-old named Laura Buxton released a balloon with her name and address in the hope of finding a pen pal. Well, the balloon traveled 140 miles before coming down and was found by a 9-year-old, and her name is also Laura Buxton. They became lifelong friends after that. And lastly, Pizza Hut delivered a pizza to the International Space Station. The cost was $1 million. Patty Adkins was born on May 4, 1972. She is 29 at the time this story takes place. Patty has a 7-year-old daughter named McKaylee and was separated from her daughter's father. But they shared custody of her, and they got along well as they wanted to remain civil for their daughter. Patty works at the Honda plant in Marysville, Ohio. She has been there for 10 years and worked on the assembly line. She started out as just a normal assembly line employee and worked her way up the chain and now she's a supervisor. She works second shift and gets out of work at midnight every night. Patty and her daughter have a house in a quiet residential area. Patty is a busy single mom and works hard to provide a good life for McKaylee. I was raised solely by my dad and I saw firsthand how hard it is for a single parent. Major props to all you single parents out there making it happen. A cool perk about working for Honda is they have a twice a year shutdown week. The plant closes for a whole week for Christmas and also the 4th of July. These are paid vacation weeks. You don't even have to use your regular PTO or anything like that. The company just pays you to not come in. How cool is that? So it's June 2001, and Patty is gearing up for her week-long vacation. So Patty has a boyfriend, one that she has been seeing for a year. He works at the Honda plant with her in a different department. Most people there don't know they're dating, and they manage to keep it a secret. The reason for this is because this man is married. Now, Patty told her family and friends that yeah, he's married, but not for much longer. He and his wife were heading for divorce. Whether that's true or not, this is what he supposedly told Patty. 
The boyfriend's name has never been released to the public. I know his name, but for the purposes of this show only, I'm going to refer to him as Mark. Again, Mark is not his name. This is just a name I came up with, so I don't have to keep referring to him as the boyfriend. Mark tells Patty that for their week-long shutdown, since they both have off, he wants to take her on vacation to Canada. This will be a week-long trip. Patty tells her family that it's in a remote area and she will likely not have phone service. I have no idea how this man managed to explain that he would be away for a week-long vacation. Maybe he told his wife he was going on a hunting trip with the boys in Canada or whatever. Patty arranged for her seven-year-old daughter's care for the week. Part of the week, the little girl would stay at her dad's house. The other part would be at her sister Marsha's house. She boards her cat and dog for the week as well. On June 29th, 2001, Patty and Mark are going to work their normal shift at the Honda plant and then leave from there to head out on vacation. Patty catches a ride with one of her co-workers to work so she can leave her car at her house. She doesn't want her Honda Accord sitting in the, par- in the work parking lot for a whole week. The shift is over at midnight and Patty clocks out at exactly 12 o'clock and 19 seconds. She was seen at the time clock and then walking up the stairs to the exit to the parking lot and then was never seen again. The week goes by, family and friends don't hear from Patty, but they know she said that she would have no phone service at this remote location in Canada, so they don't worry about her. They, she told them, you're not going to hear from me. But July 8th comes, and this was the day that Patty was supposed to return and pick up her daughter. Her sister Marcia is waiting around, and she doesn't show up to her house. This is causing her to panic. She hopes for the best, that she is just stuck in traffic or whatever, But after a few hours, there's still no sign of her. Marcia goes to Patty's house just to see if anything's going on over there, and there's no sign of her there either. She sees her Honda Accord sitting in the garage just like she knew it would be. Remember, Patty got a ride to work with a friend so she could leave her car at home. She goes into her house, and there's nothing suspicious. The house looks just the way she would have left it a week before. So, Patty's sister, Marcia, calls Mark's house. His wife answers the phone. She says she wants to talk to Mark. She plays it off and said that she was a client for this side business that he had. His wife says, well, Mark's not here, but he'll be back soon. This is a relief for Marcia, since now she thinks maybe they're just running late. A few hours pass, and Patty still hasn't shown up. So, Marcia calls the house again and is surprised to hear Mark answer the phone. Marcia asks him, where is my sister Patty? Mark says, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just work with her at Honda. We're not in a relationship or anything. Marcia then filed a missing persons report with the Marysville Police Department. The next night, this is July 9th, 2001. Marcia calls Mark at 3 a.m. She wants, she wants answers about where her sister is. Mark's wife answers the phone, and Marcia starts telling the woman everything. She tells him Mark had been seeing her sister for a year. She tells her all about the Canada vacation. She said, go look in Mark's closet for a Hard Rock Cafe shirt. It was a gift to him from my sister. His wife doesn't believe her, though, and hands the phone to Mark, which is strange. Mark is still denying everything, saying he has no idea what she's talking about and he's being real quiet. Marcia talked to both of them on the phone for 45 minutes. 
Marcia realizes later on that this whole time, Mark was trying to get information out of her. He was gauging how much she knew. Now she's kicking herself because she realizes that she shouldn't have said anything. The police are involved now and starting their own investigation. They search Patty's house and just as expected, nothing out of the ordinary. They know this story starts after she clocked out of work. They interview Mark and search his house and his side business. They do find that Hard Rock Cafe shirt that Marsha was talking about. They also find a birthday card to him signed by Patty. He says this was from a bunch of his coworkers, but oddly, Patty was the only one who signed it. They also found a cell phone that Patty had bought for him. Mark continues to deny that he had an affair with Patty. His wife says there's no way. He works at Honda, he has a side business, plus they have kids. He has no time to have an affair. The police learned from Patty's family that Mark had told her for that trip, she didn't have to pack anything. Everything she needed, they would just buy when they got there. This seems really weird, especially because they are going to be in a remote area in Canada. Like, she was told not to even bring clothes or her toothbrush or anything, no bags. We learned that Patty did bring one bag. It contained a new nightgown that she had bought at Victoria's Secret. It was blue and it was Mark's favorite color. We learned that once Patty clocked out, she got in the back of Mark's truck under the tonneau cover that he had just bought days before. She laid down in the back of the truck so no one could see her because of this tonneau cover. The reason for this is because Mark had to drive a co-worker home and didn't want anyone to know Patty was back there. Mark gave this guy a ride home every night after work, so Patty and Mark planned that Patty would just hide in the back. Once the co-worker was dropped off, Patty would climb up front and they'd be off on their vacation. Mark tells police during his interview that he clocked out of work on Friday at midnight. He dropped a co-worker off at his house and he was back home by 2.30 a.m., which his wife backs this up. Why it took so long to come home was he had a long drive to the co-worker's house. Plus, him and the co-worker stopped at Burger King and spent almost an hour in the drive-thru. The manager of this Burger King would state that if he was there between midnight and 2.30 a.m., there is no way he would have waited 45 minutes for food. We're talking four to six minutes tops. Mark and his wife both tell police Mark was home all week during the week-long shutdown. He did odd jobs around the house during this time. Police search Mark's truck and don't find anything of substance. They find the tonneau cover that had since been removed from the truck. On it, they found a hair that belonged to Patty's cat. They also found a small speck of blood. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to use for a DNA test back in 2001. I know you guys are wondering what the motive is here for Mark to pretend he's going to take Patty on vacation and instead murder her. I assumed it was because he didn't want to get caught having an affair with her. This would be an extreme way not to get caught. Plus, his wife could probably walk in on them having sex and still wouldn't believe he's capable of it. We see the way she's in disbelief that her husband is capable of having an affair. We learn that there may be another motive for Mark to want Patty dead. We learned that Mark told Patty he wanted to buy out his share of the side business he had. That would be the only way that they could be together. His wife wouldn't be able to take it from him if he got out of it first. Once that happened, he could divorce his wife and then he and Patty could ride off into the sunset. Patty wants to speed this process up. So she began giving Mark money. 
She told her sister that Mark promised to pay it back in increments, but he hadn't yet. And I'm not talking $1,000. Patty gave Mark $90,000. She borrowed from her 401k. She took out a second mortgage on her house, plus her own savings. She had been withdrawing money to give to him for a while. He never paid her any of it back. There's no digital footprint of this either because Patty was using cash. The only thing they had was her financial records where she was withdrawing the cash. Mark wasn't depositing it into his bank either, so there's no way to prove that it went to him. Police did find tons of empty money bands in Patty's house. Patty's sister Marsha was pissed that she was giving this guy money left and right, but Patty told her that once they returned from their Canada trip, he said he would start paying her back. Mark denies, even to this day, that they were having an affair. He says he has no idea about the Canada trip the police keep probing him about. He says he had no plans to go anywhere with Patty. She's just a co-worker. He's married and came home to his wife after work. Mark has always been the prime suspect, but without physical evidence to, pr to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, it would be extremely hard to get a conviction. All they have is a cat hair and a small speck of blood. A cadaver dog was brought into Mark's yard and started going crazy next to a patch of newly poured concrete. The concrete was dug up and nothing was found. I'm interested in the conversation between Mark's co-worker he drove home that night and the police. I don't know what was said, but it couldn't have been much because it didn't help the case. In my opinion, I don't believe his co-worker was involved in her disappearance. I think whatever happened took place after he was dropped off. Patty was declared legally dead in 2006. This is five years after her disappearance. No trace of her has ever been found. The white Honda uniform that she was wearing has never been found, and neither has the blue Victoria's Secret nightgown that she bought. Her family has never stopped looking for her. Most believe that Mark killed Patty so he wouldn't have to pay her back the $90,000 she loaned him because lately she had been asking him to start paying it back. He set her up and told her they were going to go on this amazing trip and instead killed her after he dropped his coworker off. Whether the wife was in on it or not, we don't know. In my opinion, I feel like only Mark knows where Patty is. Maybe his wife does, maybe she doesn't. Mark quit his job at Honda shortly after Patty's disappearance. He did take a polygraph at some point and failed. Most people believe he's guilty. He could still be arrested, but with so little evidence, he would likely get acquitted. It's extremely unlikely that Patty would up and abandon her daughter on purpose. Her family says that she would never do that. Patty's sister Marcia says, I don't have hope that my sister's alive. I knew when she didn't return that she was not alive, but I have hope that justice will happen, that someone would, will be held accountable for her death. Patty's daughter, who was only seven when her mom disappeared, is now 29, the same age her mom was when she disappeared. She spoke out in 2016 for the first time. She said how hard it's been for the last 15 years not knowing where her mom is, especially birthdays and Mother's Days. She says, we want closure. I hope someone will let us know what happened. There is currently a $25,000 reward to anyone who can locate the body of Patty Atkins. They haven't been able to grieve properly because they don't know what happened. They also know her remains are still out there somewhere.
Patty, I hope one day you are found and can bring your family the closure they need. That's it for this week. Take care and much love to you all.